0: <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the j would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and I will apologize at the outset. Some of us may have forgotten our microphone. I'm not going to name any hmm. names, uh, but it was me. So if the sound quality is not as good this week, you can blame me for that and not our wonderful Co-host and editor, Brent. Yeah,
2: see, I never forget my microphone, Corey. I have a duty to our listeners. But you get one you get one mess up and that's it. One more, then we're gonna have to revisit your contract.
1: You're more of a professional I than I am. We I don't, don't know, know that. That, that was ever in question to anybody, but the podcast moves on as we have no other choice. And we are now coming off of CubsCon. It was a interesting weekend. I I was there for part of it uh, at some surrounding events around the weekend as well. So can kind of give a little firsthand knowledge of of what it was like over there and and what was going on. We get plenty of quotes and I think general activity, despite there being no real news. uh, No, Nicholas Castellanos did not make a surprise appearance on stage. No, no extensions were announced as perhaps a last-ditch attempt to get goodwill on their side, some good PR, uh, a whole bunch of nothing. And somehow, Brendan, this has all come and gone. The Astros, I think since we last spoke, have been punished uh, for their Cheating scandal and, and that whole thing and maybe Brendan and I will have thoughts on that. We'll see if we if we get to that. It's it's not specifically Cubs related, uh, which the title of this podcast implies, but we could probably make it Cubs related in a way. Um, but but still, in all this time, Brendan, we have not gotten a decision from the arbitrator on the Chris Bryant grievance situation. So isn't that just wonderful?
2: At some point, they're going to have to announce it, man. And, you know, Theo did say he has an idea, a confident idea of what he expects, but no surprise when you hear reports about Chris Bryant's trade probability, like a lot of people are now noting, of course, that nothing's going to move until the other team knows that he has another year left of control. So until until they know that, then you can't expect anything. And we're getting to the point in the offseason, and which is what Theo is saying during CubsCon, we're getting to the point in the offseason where it's more likely that Bryant is back and that fans can expect Bryant to be back. Maybe not by this front office's choice per se, but just... Where we are, you know, spring training, the guys are going to report there in two to three weeks. You know, this season's literally right around the corner. So to expect something as drastic as a Chris Bryant trade at this point, even if the grievance is settled tomorrow, right? Like you may be listening to this and the news may have come out that it's settled. Even then at this point, it might be a long shot.
1: Right. So th- that, that was one of the topics that I wanted to jump into. So we, we can just stay on this and, and you know we'll proceed from there. But I, I think you're right, Brendan. And, and one of the things that I think you have to consider as well, I, I would think that there's been some due diligence done. Obviously, some conversations taking place, how far they get, it's hard to know because obviously there's this huge question mark as to what exactly his contract is going to be and what the future holds in terms of years. But as we get closer to spring training, it's it gets harder and harder to fathom something like this being pulled off because it would be a massive deal, right? You know, maybe you're not talking, you know, 15 top prospects coming from the other team or, or something crazy, right? But you're still talking like major players, obviously Chris Bryant on one side, and some sort of large acceptable return on the other side, and as you get closer to spring training, it, it does become a little harder to envision something like that being pulled off. I mean, if you're another team, even if you're hoping to land Chris Bryant, if you're the Braves after you've missed out on Josh Donaldson, if you're the Dodgers who have done nothing and you're just thinking of you know maybe that next move that puts you over the top, like. You're pretty close to needing to decide like what role people are are going to play. If you look at a name like Dustin May, for example, who who, you know, has been tossed around if if it were a discussion with the Dodgers and since I haven't reiterated this yet, none of this should happen. The Cubs shouldn't trade Chris Bryant. So, you know, just getting that caveat out there nice and early in the conversation here. But You look at someone like Dustin May, for example, like we're, you know, less than a month away from the Dodgers kind of needing to decide, like, what role do they envision Dustin May playing for them in the 2020 season? And so as you sort of shorten that gap between when this grievance might finally be decided, when you can get these trade talks going in earnest, maybe pit a couple teams against each other, whatever. Like, you're talking about a lot of big moving pieces, like, right before the season starts. Like, it, it's, it's not impossible. And we've seen late moves and stuff like that. But it, it does get a little harder to see. Like, these are, like, franchise altering decisions that you'd be asking all these teams to be making, possibly, like, a couple weeks before they need to show up and, and really get things going it, it it certainly doesn't do any favors to this process I'm, I'm not mad about it necessarily but it it just becomes a lot messier I think as you get closer to the team you know teams really needing to know what they're doing going into a, a full season of baseball I'd
2: be shocked if anything gets' done between now and, and opening day I, I I just would I think It's not to say that Chris Bryant won't be traded. I just think we're at the point when teams are making their final plans, as you just said, and it's possible the Cubs are going to operate this season. Not even possible. This this is what they're doing. They're going to try to get underneath the luxury tax by putting out still a competitive team and then likely reevaluating where they are come late June. For the trade deadline, and if they're out of it, then you have a legitimate reevaluation of where the team is going, and then you can start maybe talking about should they trade Chris Bryant? Should they trade others on the team as well? What about Schwarber? What about Wilson Contreras? How are the farm system guys developing? Where is Nico Horner, and so on? So I think right now where we are. I'm sure the grievance has played a significant factor in how the Cubs have operated this offseason. It just has. When you have someone like Chris Bryant on potentially on the market and you can't trade him because of that grievance, it's going to affect what you do. And it it this is just the reality. But I still think I still think despite all of this Come opening day, and the stats are still right there, the Cubs are still projected to have the most wins above replacement, absent of any other move. And while they continue to sit back and get minor league signings and whatnot, they still have a competitive positional core. And it is possible, I think. Come the trade deadline, if they are winning the division, if they are playing above some of these expectations or even living up to some of the expectations, they may still go at it. And then we can revisit where we are, come the 2021 offseason, and then see where this boat goes. But right now, this is where we are January 21st, spring training in three weeks. I would give a Chris Bryant trade, my opinion, like under 1% at this point. Crazy stuff happens, but at this point, I just would be
1: shocked. Looking at the quotes and rumblings from Jed, Theo, everybody over the weekend, we we all kind of suspected this, and and this had kind of been out there a little bit, but it it really does confirm that this off-season of inactivity really hinged on this decision. And and I, I, I don't know that that necessarily means that they fully intended to trade KB. But I think the inability to at least see what was out there in terms of offers and then what you might be able to do after you've shedded some payroll, gotten some new, you know, exciting young guys potentially into the fold, you know, then you could have proceeded through this very differently, right? So I, I think that it's very clear that this lack of a decision is why we are not seeing Anything you and I, Brendan, have discussed? Why, if you're going to get under the tax, why aren't they cutting payroll yet? And if they're not going to, why aren't they making the team better? Because all you know, most of the free agents are going to be gone, trades are going to be harder to pull off, etc. And the more we hear the, the the people in charge talk about this stuff, it's it's clearer and clearer that the inability to even explore anything with Chris Bryant, even if it was an extension, right? Because you just don't know exactly what you're dealing with until this decision comes out, and that has kind of brought everything to a grinding halt. So that is really spectacular. Uh, I don't know why... It takes this long to deal with a grievance that was literally submitted years ago and to almost anybody shouldn't be particularly complicated. Uh, and like I said, in a much shorter amount of time, the MLB was able to review this entire Astros situation, dole out punishments, managers, GMs, et cetera, being fired all in the time. And this arbiter is just like, well, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> you know, like, so how that happens, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, not great, uh, though. I will say, if it inadvertently forces the Cubs to keep Chris Bryant on the team, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I guess, uh, like at this point, I would rather KB be on the team than anything else. So, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, I, I guess, if that's if that's the ultimate outcome. But it's it it's clearly frustrating the front office. Clearly frustrating uh everybody involved. So that is just kind of where they are. But want to turn uh to the goings on at Cubs Convention. Again, nothing uh crazy noteworthy, but but Brendan, I I do want to start and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think this was the most exciting news that we got. Big news, huge. Everybody, I can't imagine how excited everybody is for this. And it is that Tommy Hotovy, Brendan, said That Brandon Morrow is on target to be on the same schedule as the rest of the pitchers for spring training. Let's go! That might be the biggest news of (laughs) CubsCon.
2: I still don't believe it. Until I see Morrow out there on a mound throwing a real baseball, not a towel, not one of those, I don't know, practice-weighted balls. Until I see him throw a baseball, Corey, to Wilson Contreras, I do not believe it.
1: Yeah, I that entire lead up and reveal <laughs> was completely in jest. I actually you, missed that during the news. I if think that, you didn't know, yeah, I um, think that got
2: swept underneath some of the main headlines.
1: Uh, yeah, but,
2: but how did he look? Was he, if, was he asked if, about Morrow? Did a fan ask about this? I
1: this is a this is a tweet from Jordan Bastion okay, that I am reading that reads exactly: "Quote Cubs pitching coach Tommy Hotovy said Brandon Morrow is on target to be on the same schedule as the rest of the pitchers in camp. If he is behind at all." It'll be the Cubs being cautious, not because Morrow is physically behind. Okay, we'll see. Big news. <laughs> we'll Big see. news. It's it's Brandon Morrow comeback season. Maybe. You know, I, I hope I hope
2: he does. I like we we joke about this, and it does. Yeah. Like I don't want to you know offend or whatever, but you know I hope he does come back just for from his personal level. Like I'm sure he's gone through major injuries throughout his entire career. Speaking of spring training, this spring, follow the Cubs to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home for baseball fans. It's a -a one-of-a-kind spring training experience. There are 10 stadiums 15 teams in beautiful 75-degree temperature. All these stadiums are within 50 miles of one another. So you can go to multiple games in one day. Plus, there's so much to see and do nearby. Enjoy live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from all around the world. Plus, explore Arizona's beautiful outfield. You can go hiking, biking, go on Jeep tours, do hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, whatever you want to do. Adventure-wise, Arizona has you covered. And the best thing about Arizona this time of year, it is the ultimate family-friendly environment. You can bring your kids to spring training. You can go to all these family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback riding to games and any activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That is visitarizona.com slash spring training.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we joke about it uh, just because how many updates did we get? over, you know, the the, the time that Moro has spent with the Cubs so far. Yeah, it's been far a year and a half of updates, you know. I, I mean, I, I've gotten so many alerts on my phone from tweets and stuff that he's throwing from certain distances, right? Like, I could almost have told you at certain points last year what his throwing program was just based off of the random updates we would get. You know, I'm, I'm not in the, <laughs> the clubhouse to figure this out. But like, we could have been like, oh yeah, he threw from 55 feet yesterday. Isn't that great? <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, we joke about it just because it's been kind of a constant thing. But when he re-signed, we, we talked about how this was basically a no risk deal for the Cubs, all upside and was a good showing on Moro's part that, you know, not that he was having his door beaten down with amazing offers, uh, coming off some injury prone years, but this is a guy who could have, You know, rehabbed himself elsewhere, gotten himself healthy, and at least tried to get some different contract. Then, you know, he, he returned to the Cubs on a very favorable deal for them with very little, if at all, any risk. And if he's able to contribute, that would be a big deal. When this guy is on, he is lights out. And obviously, with the way that the Cubs have constructed this bullpen, you've got a lot of high spin rate guys continuing to join the fold, seemingly like you know a few times a week. Right? They pick up somebody that you 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 go. I wonder why the Cubs were interested in this guy. You go. Oh, he's got high spin rate. So they're going to put him in the lab, see what they can get out of it. And you have Kimbrel. Right. So you, you you you've had guys like Kyle Ryan and uh Rowan Wick step up. So you're not you're not going into this season really needing or expecting anything out of Brandon Morrow. But if you were able to get him healthy on a good timetable and even have him be available in a particular role, right? Like just a, a couple times a week, something like that, where he's able to be as effective as we've seen him be. That would be a big boost uh, for this bullpen. Maybe you know take some some saves if Kimbrel's not available. If he's able to do that, just like limited style roles, but but being really good when he's out there. Obviously, with the way that things have gone for him, that's still you know somewhat of a pipe dream. But no risk, and it's you know good news. It's just you know sort of funny because we've. uh, I've heard this before, right? So, like, I've seen this movie before. I hope it has a different ending this time. Uh, so that is uh, not technically the most exciting news of Cubs Convention, but it was out there. Uh, I do want to talk, Brendan, on Friday. A, a lot of the, the kind of main discussions seem to be around two items uh, from the introductory panel and, and the stuff going on at, at Cubs Convention, and that was Tom Ricketts receiving some booze. Uh, he was not drowned out in booze i 've seen kind of like differing ways of phrasing that. There was a smattering of booze it 's not like he you know came out like a heel on on a wrestling show that 's just like being booed out of the arena. Uh, what did get a, a pretty loud boo, though, uh, I think much larger than just Tom himself, was the first mention of the Marquee Network, and it actually elicited a pretty like meme-worthy face from Tom, who clearly was not expecting such a negative reaction, uh, especially from the Cubs count crowd. So w- was any of that surprising to you, Brendan? I, I talked to some people that were at the convention this year and that had been in years past, and they said that for the most part that the tone... And the general vibe of the convention was about the same as it always was. Very hopeful, everybody happy to be doing Cubs stuff, excited to see the players, things like that. Uh, but usually we don't have anything like this, right, going on at, at CubsCon. Things being booed, any sort of, like, negative attention, um, so was that was that surprising to you? What did what did you make of, of the, the, the smattering of booze for a couple of the the Ricketts uh notes?
2: Look at Tom Ricketts' face. Was he surprised? Of course he was surprised. If he was not surprised, he would not have mentioned that at the opening night. So I think Ricketts in general may have underestimated the degree to which these fans are following this entire saga. The the T V deal up until you know, maybe what two months ago we still had no idea what was going on, but specifically still, it appears as if the t v money that we were so accustomed to hearing would be here by now it's not here, and a lot of things have gone wrong in the past two years, and we talked about this last week, but everything's snowballing up into one bad thing we have. Payroll being cut, we have the marquee network not being available to Comcast viewers. That's what half of Chicago not being able a- yeah. yeah, not being able to potentially watch the games underneath their cable package. That sucks. And going away from WGN to this network. Not only are you aggravating just a local Chicago base, but we look around and a lot of fans, their fandom has been cultivated by the ability to watch this team freely across the country. Like, for example, John Felice of Cubs Insider. He was in Oregon most of his time growing up. He got to watch the Cubs because of WGN. And in a time where you think that watching any sports or any type of television is easier with streaming, with everything that we have access to now, for some reason, it's become harder for the Cubs to get this right. Restricting access to fans from across the country and then within the local Chicago area That can't happen, man. Like you know, we're out of we're out of tune with the negotiations with Comcast or whatever. But you gotta nail this. Like you got you cannot mess this up. When you have other teams, your competitors slamming down TV deals of billions of dollars, you've got to nail this down. The Arizona Diamondbacks signed a lucrative billion dollar deal just not a few years ago, and they've been able to use that money instantly to go out and sign Zach Greinke, trade Zach Greinke, bring in Madison Bumgarner, and they're a mid-market team. There's no excuse that the Cubs, up until this point, have not been able to get this right. So am I surprised the Cubs fans were booing? I've never seen a Cubs gone, so I'd be lying to you if I said I was not surprised, but I think this fan base follows the Cubs closely, and we shouldn't be surprised that they were upset about the marquee network. And I do think Ricketts, his tone... And how he communicates some of these issues to fans over the past few years, it seems as if it was like almost him teaching fans what to, like, you know, what to
0: expect. They already know what to expect, and they're not happy with it. And that was news to Tom.
1: And, and maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was a little surprised that he seemed to taken aback at the he was negative not prepared response. For
0: that. <laughs> it was pretty um, funny.
1: It seems really obvious, I think, to us that are on social media or even read a lot about this team. Like, I don't know the inner workings of the business deal, right? Like, I, I don't know if Comcast is – in the wrong at not adding it or marquee is in the wrong. I have no idea. Right. I don't know the financials. I I don't know. You got to get that right. Like like
2: we don't know the the issues, but come on, get this right. Right. I I,
1: I don't know. I don't know what the, the deal actually is, but this is one of the risks when you do this. And if it doesn't work, no matter who's right or wrong, you've got a ton of people like where I live in Chicago right now, I would not be able to get the Marquee network because it's a, it's Comcast. So, you know, like, and I'm not advocating this. I'm going to make that clear, but I, you know, I know how to find games on the internet, right? Like I'm not advocating you do that. Uh, You know, my lawyer told me to say that, but like there are a lot of people that don't. And, the, Comcast is a huge market in Chicago, and and to be this close to spring training, to be this close to the game starting, you've got a lot of people that are very unnerved, and they were already mad that you know you're losing WGN, you're kind of losing that sentimental piece of of Cubs history, and and something that brought a lot of people, like you said, from across the country to this team and 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 to the the world of the Chicago Cubs. You already had that. Now you have a bunch of them who were already kind of annoyed. Thinking. Okay, so not only did they get rid of this, but now I'm not even going to be able to watch the games. That, like, you know, you've got people in Chicago who are season ticket holders who are wondering how they're going to watch the games on TV. Yeah, that can't happen. Right? can't happen. Like, and it just is 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 very silly. Uh, so I I understood why there was was negative backlash. I, I will say. Uh, on the the good news, at least for the most part, side of the marquee sports network, uh, I thought the names that they announced to be a part of the network uh, were, for the most part, very good decisions. Yeah. Uh, Len and JD back as the play by play guys, though I think they have a plan of having guests every now and again uh, for like the entire game, which I do not like. Uh, Three man booth is almost never the right idea. I don't care what sport we're talking about, uh, and I definitely don't need to hear Ryan Dempster doing nine innings of a baseball game, but that's just me. I think Len and JD are great, and I would just let them do their thing, so that's just my opinion. Uh, Cole Wright from the NFL Network, going to be one of the faces. Taylor McGregor, uh, along with Cole, kind of going to be, I think, the the in-studio team, Some, you know, big former Cub names, Ryan Dempster, Rick Sutcliffe, Doug Glanville joining the fold, Lou Pinella going to be on there, Mark DeRosa, Carlos Pena, Dan Plisak, some guys from the MLB Network. Uh, I think Jason Hamill was on that list as well. So some good names, some guys, you know, I think DeRosa and Dan Plisak do a good job on the MLB Network. So I think those are good hires. Uh, Again, like we might have differing opinions on this. I I don't need more Ryan Dempster. Just a personal opinion. Uh I don't find him funny or particularly entertaining. If you do, then all the power to you. It's uh completely subjective. Uh I, I will say the the only thing that I, I I really noticed, Brendan, and you know, they kind of had this big, you know, picture board, I think, uh, that people were sharing from CubsCon. The one thing that you notice uh is it, it at least two things for me. Um that Kelly Cruel is not amongst this list, which I think was disappointing to a lot of people. Uh, and if you read the comments on Marquee Network, that that certainly uh, was one of the main things. And it you know begs the second question that Taylor McGregor is the only woman as part of this list, which I also saw a lot of people raising the concern for that. So I like a lot of these people, uh, but I think a lot of us would have liked to see Kelly in this fold as they did bring uh, some other People from NBC Sports Chicago. So it seemed like that was at least possible. Doug Glanville coming over and Tony Andraki, uh, one of the Cubs beat writers, joining the marquee digital team. So I think a lot of us were kind of expecting to see Kelly as she's become a pretty big presence on Cubs games over the last several years and does a very good job. Uh, but alas, this is the marquee team for now and it it does have some some good names and i think more than anything i'm glad because there was at least a period even if it seemed unlikely where we weren't sure if len and jd were going to be back and if there was a possibility that you know the marquee network would go in a new different direction so at least that is not something that they did
2: i am excited about doug glanville coming over he's done a great job just from a writing perspective and his in-game thoughts as well like you with Lennon J.D., i rather them just stay a duo in the booth. That being said, I know a lot of people do respect Doug Lanville. They do respect Ryan Dempster. They respect Carlos Pena and even Mark DeRosa. So I understand we may not be in the majority who just like to hear from Lennon J.D. Other fans do enjoy the different perspectives into that. I'm I'm okay with it. As long as, as Lennon J.D. are in that booth every single game... You know, if they have once every seven games someone else come in, then then so be it. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, and
1: I suppose, Brendan, maybe you and I. Well, and I don't want to speak for you, but I I'm not the best person to speak on announcing and and play by play stuff because as much as I love Len and he's been such a voice for my entire like Cubs fandom for the most part, right? Like you know me, like I would let Pat Hughes do all the broadcasting ever and be totally content with that. So uh, perhaps I'm not the person to ask about in-booth guests and and, and things like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I did want to ask you, Brendan, this was kind of the, you know, obviously we had the press conference, but but sticking with CubsCon, I wanted to ask if you had any impressions of manager David, David Ross. uh <laughs> You know, just how he did. This was kind of his first public showing as the manager of the Chicago Cubs, which really every time I see him, I still have to kind of like register that again. Like, I I don't know if I still think it's Madden, like deep in, in, in my subconscious, but like every time I see him and they're like talking to him as though he's the manager, I'm like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> like he's the manager now, right? He's not just a, a former player or like our, our one of our catchers, he's the manager of this team. Um, so I, I did want to ask if you had any impressions. Uh, you know, I know when he did the press conference, we were both pretty pleased and I, I think impressed with the way that he handled that and a lot of the language that he laid out. So, you know, he did. Uh, I think a they, they had a charity event leading up to CubsCon and then obviously all these, these panels and introductions that he was a part of. But b- before I throw it to you, I do just want to clarify that Manager David is canon at this point. That is. is his official nickname. Uh, we had heard word early when he got hired that John Lester had called him and said, hi, Manager David, and that was where it started. Uh, and then we did get confirmation from that charity event a few days ago. I think it was in an elementary school that Anthony Rizzo walked past Ross doing an interview and said, hey, Manager David. So if Lester and Anthony Rizzo are using the name, it is now official. It is now a part of Cubs lore. He is not Grandpa Ross. You can still call him that. Technically, it's it's always a nickname. But in this current iteration— Manager David is what we're going. With. Manager so, getting David, back, yes. yeah, getting back to my question. Did you have any impressions of him? How did you think oh, he yeah. did? Kind of his first public outing as as the Cubs manager.
2: Did phenomenal. I think he and Theo both did phenomenal. I think I think the owner can take notes from both of them. No, uh, I thought David Ross did a great job. I think he kept the focus on the field. He kept the focus on the players. Kept the focus away even from his own storyline, honestly. He was always asked about what can you do as an inexperienced manager, and he addressed that perfectly. I think on the panel, the coach's panel, when he was talking about some of his inexperience, he highlighted and went through the logic of hiring someone like Andy Green, who, by the way, did a pretty good job too, I thought, on that coach's panel. and Overall, the the tone that I got from not just Ross, but the coaching staff in general, was one of rejuvenation to a degree. They're excited about getting guys to the next step developmentally. They're excited about already prepping their routine during spring training. You're hearing some new topics, some new ideas from everyone involved. And I think that was one thing that was missing over the last three to four years. We saw a little bit of that with Madden going into the 2019 season with the situational hitting and some of those like mini baseball drills. But we're getting a completely new look into this and from Andy Green to David Ross to Iapoosi to everyone involved i think they're on the same page and i'm excited i know there's not a lot of things to be excited about from a roster overhaul standpoint but i am excited to see how they can get David Bodie better how they can get Nico Horner to be more patient, how they can get Ian Hap to translate his last month of the season for an entire season. And Ian Hap was a hot topic by Theo, by Jed, and it appears as if he's going to be a significant part of their plans from opening day and justifiably so. So from top to bottom of the coaching staff, I liked it. And I, I hope the tone stays like that. They dodged a lot of negative questions and they did so successfully and I have to be I have to be happy about that. I have to be excited. I have to commend them for being prepared for those questions.
1: Yeah, I I thought manager David did a very nice job and I think that it's a tricky situation for him given the way that this offseason has played out and given that he is now at the helm of a team coming off a third-place finish in the division and missing out on the playoffs for the first time in a while. So it's inherently a difficult spot for him to answer certain questions, and it was very strange. Uh, I, I keep referencing this elementary school uh, charity event that they did. I think it was on Thursday leading up to the day before Cubs come. Maybe it was during the day on Friday. I don't remember, but it was last week. And, you know, he answered some of the questions and, you know, was was very positive, obviously. Like, I believe in this group. I know we haven't made a lot of moves, but that excites me. Like, I'm excited to get in there. I think we've got the talent, yada, yada. And, you know, a lot of people, like, acting as though, like, what else is he going to say? You know, like, <laughs> he's going to show up at this event and say, well, no, I don't think we're going to win the World Series, but, you know, we'll have a good time, right? Like, right. no, of, of course he's not going to say that. He's the manager of the team. So that's definitely one of those areas where, like, I don't think those are are the quotes to, like, really scrutinize in that way, but what I did take away from them and what I did like, and, and this is something that we said about his introductory press conference, that, you know, David clearly has beliefs about how he is going to manage, what he expects of people, and how this process is going to go, and he does not waver from those beliefs and from speaking about them in in certain ways, and I, I that's my takeaway when he says, you know i'm showing up every day to try and win a world series i I think it's weird, you know people are like, "Oh come on, you know this roster didn't even make the playoffs, blah blah it's like that's not the the point when he says that. The point when he says that." is to kind of go back to all the the wonder about could he do the job, could he manage his friends, all that stupid stuff, right? Like this guy is all business. He is only there to get the best out of these players, to do the best job that he can personally. And it's similar to something that Lester has said in the past. Like if I didn't think I was competing for a World Series championship every day, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't step on the field. And that is the mentality that Ross gives across. And that is the way that he answered all of these questions. And I think that that's all that we can ask for someone in this position. Like he is going to do the best he possibly can to get the most out of this team. And whether the roster is the same, a little different, completely different, he is excited to put the work in and try to have the output be as good as it possibly can be. So that was my takeaway. And like you, Brendan, I I continue to be very, I I don't know if impressed is the word, because I I would have expected this out of him. But I I think he's nailing this. I I think he's doing a really good job in his first attempts at at facing the media and answering these questions. And and this is a difficult situation to uh, get into. You know, you compare it to joe madden when when he first joined the team like obviously such a an, an insurmountable weight right hanging over him that the cubs hadn't yet won a world series which joe and david were able to accomplish together uh, as part of the 2016 chicago cubs who who won the world series over the cleveland indians in case anybody had uh, forgotten that note but like, Joe's able to come in and say, hey, like, you know, we're going to try to build on the, the the success from last year. We've got new players coming in. We've got exciting young players. And our goal is to win the World Series. And everybody's like, yeah, let's go, right? Like, David Ross is in a much harder spot, right? He's trying to sell everybody on a roster that is not different, that lost a wild card game two years ago and then missed the playoffs last year. And I think he's done a really good job of navigating that. And I, I think he's done a really good job of navigating things like the, the Chris Bryant trade rumors and stuff like that, and I, I think he's he's held his composure. He's he's answered to the best of his abilities, uh, and I've been pretty impressed with the way that he's handled all of this. And I, I continue to get more excited by the day, and you know, by each interview and comment and and whatever. I, I get more excited for the tenure of of Manager David. But I, I do want to transition because, you know, we've touched on these these Chris Bryant trade rumors. Uh, the, the, the one thing I want to talk about, and, and this is, you know, certainly like just sort of like reading the, the tea leaves, trying to read between the lines. Uh, but, you know, some quotes ca- came out from, from Anthony Rizzo. Um, he, he doesn't seem pleased brendan with with some of this stuff he, he doesn't seem pleased that he uh you know his extension talks went nowhere and he doesn't seem pleased that uh his you know close friend uh chris bryant is being talked about in in trade rumors and like just to to read a couple of uh the the tweets from from various uh beat writers and you know radio folks uh He, this one from Jesse Rogers, quote, Anthony Rizzo said he'll keep his reaction to not getting an extension this offseason in-house, called the business end of baseball as cutthroat as ever. An example, and this part is a quote from Anthony, we're talking about trading the MVP of the league a couple years ago. Chris Emma from 670 The Score tweeted out, quote, Anthony Rizzo hopes to remain with the Cubs for his career. This quote is from Anthony. But this is a business. This is as cutthroat as ever now. We're talking about trading the MVP of the league a couple years ago, who's done a lot for this franchise. So it's just a whole different ball game. He he, he just didn't sound super pleased, is is really the the case. And I and I think that obviously in his Quotes, you know that he knows that this is a business. And I I think much like Chris Bryant, who you and I have said, and you know, we, we have a pretty good idea that he wants to be a cub for his entire career. Uh, but the business aspect is the business aspect. And you kind of keep those things separate, but, but, a, I, I did love uh, Rizzo speaking out on this. You know, we always talk about how he's the unofficial captain of the team, and I, you know, even if it's just a little bit of shade throwing, right? Like, I love the mention of like, you know, the the, the captain of the team alluding to how stupid it is to be thinking about trading Chris Bryant. Uh, so, I did love that, um, but I, I I do hope that this extension stuff isn't uh, as you know negative and and unnerving as as it sort of seemed uh when we first got that report that they they were far apart and you know Brendan obviously you did not like the way Theo addressed that and dealt with that and you know again just hearing him say like i don't i don't really want to talk about it uh you know i think he said something to the effect of i'd be naive to not you know at least consider it's possible I play in another uniform at some point point. Uh, and, you know, just talking about how cutthroat it is. Uh, it's, it's a little unnerving. Is it not?
2: Of course. I, I will say like Rizzo's comments, you never want to hear the captain talk about this, but I will say how Theo went about this convention and how he answered the questions and how he managed the Rizzo extensions and the Chris Bryant trade talk. I wish that was a similar tone to, and and different from what we heard when the season ended. And this was like almost a reminder of how good the Cubs front office can be at communicating these very difficult things. And I will shift the attention towards what Theo said. And when he was paraphrasing where the Cubs are and all their extension talks, and he did say the reality is you can't extend everyone, but he commended that in, in in a weird way. Of course, you want to look out as the president of the team for your best interest, for the franchise's best interest. He recognizes players they also need to look out for their own best interests. And he did say, Theo did say at the end of the day, it doesn't mean we're going to harbor any ill feelings towards one another. It doesn't mean you can't be friendly. It doesn't mean you can't be friends, right? And there's always been this aura around Chris Bryant and the front office and whatever that since 2015, it was as if Chris Bryant was upset that his... Uh, That his time to the big leagues was delayed. And there was always this perception that he would not extend with the Cubs because he was pissed off. And that's just not true. And I think Theo circling back and bringing it kind of full circle with saying, we have our interest. The players have their interests. We want to get the players to the point where they can even entertain these ideas, and hopefully we're all on the same page. But you kind of put to bed that there's this friction between the players and the front office, and we hear that reported a lot. I just don't think that to be true. At the end of the day, you want Rizzo to be extended. You want KB to be extended. You want Javi to be—you want everyone to be extended, Whether that's realistic or not, we're going to find out in the next year or so. But to take those questions from the media and deflate them, I think Theo did a phenomenal job. And I contrast that to what Jed Hoyer said a few months ago when he was asked about Rizzo. And Jed did say that they're years apart. And I I turned to you on this podcast and I, I hated that. There's no benefit to talking like that. And Theo handled it the right way. And we didn't hear about the Rizzo extension basically at all. The entire CubsCon, we heard a lot about KB's issues, and of course, it's going to be a major headline. But I don't think it got to a point where we were hearing new things that we didn't hear heard uh, that we had not heard before, like we did with Jed Hoyer talking about Rizzo. And it's always jolting when Rizzo talks about Chris Bryant being a trade candidate. But I will say it could have been worse. I think. The front office did a pretty good job of deflating some of these issues. These issues did not swell up and become more problematic. And going ahead for the next few weeks in the offseason, even Theo said that there's still possibilities that the player personnel will be changed. Whether that's going to happen, we'll see. But overall, yeah, like it sucks for Rizzo to hear about his friend and Chris Bryant, and MVP, being traded. But altogether, I thought the front office and the players and the coaching staff, they handled it as best as you can. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't ask uh, the question, you know, because I was particularly concerned about it or anything like that. But this is the type of discussion that you have to have when the team isn't doing anything. You know, the mo- <laughs> the most, some of the most noteworthy news is uh, Anthony Rizzo just literally speaking about certain things going on. So that's sort of where that comes from. Uh, you know, obviously, look, like I, I, this isn't the, the discussion you'd like to be having right when when the brizzo commercials and and stuff like that were first coming out i don't think anybody would prefer the discussion in a particular offseason to be potentially trading one and not extending the other uh so that's not great and hopefully th- we can rectify both of those things by just keeping both of them uh but it it is what it is and and again you know even if you just look at the grievance situation with kb like the cubs are in a a somewhat of a complicated spot so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that and if and when they do dole out extensions to any of these guys and you know how they make those decisions and you know not just with Rizzo but it does pair with something that Jed Hoyer was talking about you know where he basically and I'm paraphrasing here but you know he he, he said that We've had a lot of guys come through the farm system that came up at the same time, and at various points in their careers, we've offered all of them extensions. And you get to a certain point uh, through the arbitration process, and through those guys progressing at at different rates to their through their careers, that if you don't get them all extended right away, you hit a point that you can't extend all of them, right? Because some of them uh, become too valuable, all of them become too valuable, and to extend all of them, you're talking about money that. You know, really, even if we were asking the Ricketts to get crazy, right, wouldn't be realistic. Uh, so that's just kind of where they're at, and they're, you know, we've talked about this before, but they're they're going to have some some tough decisions to make. You know, if you if you're having these conversations several years ago, you know, you can probably extend. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javier Baez for not necessarily an exorbitant amount of money, uh, but where you have Javier Baez and and Chris Bryant, Javi, someone who was very close to winning an MVP, Chris Bryant, who has won an MVP, you're talking about a lot more money and a lot more of a commitment, and it just becomes harder to maneuver all of that. So that, that was also something that Jed talked about that, that isn't necessarily new, right? I think we all know that as you watch these guys progress to their careers, you know, if they're not extended, okay, well, this is only going to get more expensive. This is only going to get harder to pull off. You only have these guys that are older. It's, it's, it obviously changes, uh, the way that you're thinking about this, but I, I, I only brought that up because Jed did talk about this over the Cubs con weekend. So I, as far as I can tell, Brendan, that is mostly what went on this weekend. I'm not, I'm not sure how much other noteworthy stuff there was, uh, as we've talked about. Not a lot of movement and you know, not even a lot of specific talk uh, because they don't really know exactly how things are going to progress throughout this offseason.
2: And one last thought before we wrap it up here, but this one quote did stick out to me. And Rizzo was asked about his relationship with Theo, with Jed, with the entire front office. And it's something that we've highlighted on the podcast, and everyone's highlighted since Rizzo's been, even with the Red Sox. This front office has traded for Rizzo, drafted Rizzo multiple times. And so he was asked how how does this play into the extension talks? And Rizzo said, quote, I think with them. They're very straightforward with us. They talk to us, and they're easy to talk to. That's great for us players to go out and be able to play. There's two sides to this game. I get to play the fun side, and the agents get to deal with the darker sides of this. And again, we hear all these potential rumors about players being frustrated. And yeah, they can be frustrated with the process, but they're not going to go out and shut the door to this front office and I do like hearing stuff like that that there is still no hard issues between the players between the front office and we'll see what happens in terms of an extension talk but Rizzo wants to be here Chris Bryant wants to be here these guys want to be here they've they've grown up they've developed with the Cubs why would you want to get out of here out of that type of environment that you've succeeded in so it, it sucks to even be talking about this, but I still think like Rizzo, I would be blown away if he ever plays for a different team. It's just a matter of getting every single thing in line. For example, will Chris Bryant be a free agent after this year or next year? Once they figure that out, then we can talk about seriously some of these extensions because there's no reason to talk about some of these extensions when you're two and a half years, two years away, and you need to get some more of these urgent things figured out first. That being said, I think that's really all I have in terms of the extensions. Corey, I know you were around CubsCon. You were talking to a lot of the different fans around, a lot of folks from social media. What was what was that like? This is the first time I think a huge bundle of Cub fans have gone together since the September collapse. I'm curious if there's any type of weird vibes around or any noticeable differences that you've seen compared to years past.
1: Well, so I I had never been to... Cubs convention uh, before I, I went uh, for a little bit on Saturday in hopes of seeing Kevin Rizzo. I wish I were kidding, but that is actually <laughs> why I went. I did not see him, but it's it's so f- wait, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine, Brendan. You I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, I'm definitely not still mad that Kevin Rizzo didn't show up, but it, it I'll get over it. So, I can't really compare it to past years. Like I said, just walking around, uh, the, the vibe was certainly, I think, very positive. You know, you have a lot of, uh, I, I, I saw, obviously, uh, our good friend Evan Aldman doing some interviews with some of the minor league guys. And you know, people very interested in those guys and, and checking those things out—the the autographs, the panels, things like that. Everybody seemed as excited and interested and and rah rah Cubs as I would have expected. But again, I, I don't really have a basis of comparison for that. And the people that I did ask that are more CubsCon veterans than I did say that it was pretty similar, other than you know, mm-hmm. kind of when Ricketts was speaking at the beginning there, which which we heard and and obviously talked about. So. Uh, I, I, that, that all seemed pretty normal to me. Um, but, you know, I think going to have some drinks and stuff and hang out uh, with, you know, some folks from Cubs Insider, some of the Bleacher Nation folks, uh, a lot of other good friends uh, from Twitter and, and other parts of social media. Uh, that were, you know, very good to see. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us are of a very similar mindset. You know, we're all particularly online, if you will. So I, I think not, not that there is a, a hive mind, right? Like, certainly we don't all see eye to eye on everything, but I, I think you're inherently dealing with a crowd that is way more dialed into this stuff, uh, than everybody else, or not everybody else, but you know not everyone is paying attention to the luxury tax and and everything that Tom Ricketts says and and all of this grievance stuff and uh so it's it, it's a particular crowd so but even with that i, I think that cubs fans have a way right of complaining being angry and and wishing that things were going differently this off season, but y- you still just like they released that hype video I think on Friday they did a little hype video uh, and everybody got really jacked up right like it, it's all it takes is you know a quick two-minute highlight video of Javi doing stuff and John Lester taking the mound and you doing his thing to where e- even, I think, the most concerned fans about how this offseason has gone can immediately turn to, like, you know, look, this is our team. These are the boys, and we're going to show up and try to get it done, like, one way or another, uh, even if we're mad and complaining at the same time. So that's 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 kind of the vibe. But uh, in general, it's 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 always a good time to get out and connect with people. I listened, you know, I, I was able to meet uh, a few... Folks that you know from from Twitter and, and folks that said they listen to the podcast that I haven't before, so that's always cool. And uh, it's you know it's always a good time. I think we're we're all so invested in this that it's it's rare to be in, in the company of people who just kind of get this right the, the the same way that you do. They're just deeply obsessed with this, and you know, just walking around the halls of CubsCon, you feel like you're around thousands of those people, right? So you you do sort of immediately feel at home. In in that kind of environment, whatever the, the subject matter uh, du jour happens to be, you, you kind of just feel like, all right, you know, this is like somewhere I belong. Everybody's just talking about the Cubs, like one way or another, right? So I I, I feel like uh, this is a fit for me. So that's that's kind of my live correspondence from from Cubs convention. Um, I'm not really much of an autograph seeker or a memorabilia type person, so a lot of it doesn't necessarily do anything for me. Um, but I, you know, and I, and I tweeted a picture of him out cause I went to, they did a live taping of one of those Bay versus Ballplayer uh, YouTube videos where it was Anthony Rizzo hosting and his wife, Emily and Ian Happ competing to mm, see who knew Anthony like better. Yeah. This is where I was, uh, hoping that Kevin was going to come out. Nope. Uh, both of his parents were there, so I don't know what Kevin was doing. Well, he that still, so he's important. still a puppy man, you know? Yeah, that's true. Again, I'm, I'm not mad about this at all. I'm actually laughing, you know, so. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> n- no, I'm not. Uh, but I, I tweeted this out, like, even if it was just like at this taping, like, I, it was so good to see Anthony Rizzo in person again, and just to be in the same vicinity as him. You just realize how, you know, even as like, As bad as the way the 2019 season ended, like the minute Anthony Rizzo came on stage, I'm like, let's go, you know, like, (laughs) there's Tony, like, let's do it. And if if, if, I would be putting it lightly, if I didn't say he was absolutely adorable in the filming of this video, he had a couple of like mistakes that they it it was a live taping. So it's like they were redoing shots and like editing things like And the crowd was just there for it because that's obviously how they have to do it. Uh, And it was very amusing to see him, uh, you know, kind of mess up a couple lines. I think at one point he called Emily Ian and Ian Emily and the crowd had a big laugh. Anthony had a big laugh. It was great. So uh, it's, you know, easy to get right back into the rah-rah Cubs spirit, uh, even if, you know, I'm simultaneously tweeting about how annoying you know, the Ricketts adhering to the luxury tax or something like that is. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my assessment of CubsCon for someone who has never been before and went for like five hours on Saturday. But other than that, Brendan, I, I think that's what we've got. Uh, as always, the caveat remains. If something noteworthy happens, uh, we will jump on and we will discuss it. Uh, we have been saying that for literally months now. And nothing has happened. So we'll see if that's uh, something that we ever need to do ever again. Uh, but in the meantime, we will talk to you guys next week. And we are mere weeks from pitchers and catchers reporting. We are mere weeks from the Cubs. We're about, I think, a little over a month away from the Cubs' first spring training game. And we are under 70 days from the Chicago Cubs opening the 2020 Season. So, as always, we will be here with you on the Cubs related podcast to break it all down, talk about it all, and, you know, sometimes probably share our feelings about it. But uh, either way, we thank you guys for listening to the Cubs related podcast and submitting those five star reviews and comments on whatever platform you are listening to this podcast. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Cubs.
0: All right.